and their families. I hope that uh, your day is starting up well. Thank God it's Friday. If you're excited, me, I'm excited for you because it's Friday, okay? All right, so it's about six minutes past 12. And of course, uh, you know, I hope that you're beginning to get the vibe of the weekend. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser, and you're welcome to the program, The Big Question. The Big Question is a program where we get to discuss and profess solutions to issues affecting us as a nation and as citizens. The Big Question comes to you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 12.05 p.m. So do well to join the conversation conversation by contributing or reacting to the big question by calling us on 07000-917-917. Now you can send a text or a WhatsApp message to 070-317-56537. Now let's not forget that you can also make your contributions through our social media platforms, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the YouTube. At WFM917.com. All right. Or log on to our website at www.wfm917.com. All right. So um, today on the program, we'll be looking at Jackpot Syndrome. Mm, yeah, you heard me. Jackpot Syndrome. Impact of illegal migration on Nigerians. All right. Um, that is our topic for today on the program this afternoon. All right, Jackpot Syndrome, impacts of illegal travels on Nigerians. And, of course, uh, well, we know most of the times we get to use a Jackpot, Jackpot Syndrome. No, I don't go, I don't Jackpot. Now, this is a Yoruba uh, locution meaning to run, flee, or escape. And this has become a buzzword for the aspiration that young Nigerians have to leave the country. Jackpa, which is a metaphor for an escape from a life lived in an uncivilized state, has become like an emerging pandemic. Well, uh, unfortunately, the Nigerian Jackpa situation is expanding. Uh, for clearer insights, now mass migration entails large movements of people from one country to another, which could be voluntary or otherwise. Now, although migration is a global phenomenon, the rate at which Nigerians are leaving the shores of this country is worrisome. All right, because when you look at the desire of Nigerian youth for prosperity, uh, we look at the high cost of living and the low standard of living, weak economy, societal distress, underemployment, poverty, hunger, uh, mountain insecurity, socioeconomic challenges, you know, filled by unfulfilled government promises and bad leadership. With all of these things, you know, um, we will continue to see the Jackpot Syndrome. All right, we'll continue to hear about it. But, you know, in all of this and with what uh, people are facing when they get to go there. Now, some people try by all means to go there by hook, you know, uh, or crook. Any means that will get them there, they just want to get there. Maybe to better their lives or, you know, for work purposes, for different purposes. All right, but um, is that really the way to go? How far can they go? Now, when they get there, what happens to them? All right, because um, there's been reports that um, a lot of our people get there and they're stranded. They begin to sleep on the street. They become destitute. You know, they start living from hand to mouth after gathering a lot of money to get themselves to the other side. Uh, well, today we'll be looking at this Jackpot syndrome, uh, the impact of illegal uh, you know, a movement from Nigeria uh, on Nigerians. And to do this with me today is a travel blogger and IT expert. All right. He is Ifeatu Oshibo. Thank you very much, Ifeatu, for joining us. Good afternoon to you. Hi. Thank you for having me. Right. So good to be here. 
Thank you. I hope that your day is going on well. Uh, so far, so good. I thank God. Can't complain. <laughs> All right, good to have you on the show. So this is Women Radio, WFM 91.7. This is 10 minutes past 12, and this is the program, The Big Question, where we discuss and prefer solutions to issues affecting us as a nation and as citizens. Of course, my name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser, and uh, we are discussing or looking at Jakba Syndrome, the impact of this on uh, Nigerians. All right, so... um. With me is a travel blogger and IT expert, and of course, we are going to talk about this shortly. Uh, do want to call us up on 0700-917-917, send us a message or a text, a WhatsApp message on 0703175637. All right, so um, if you had to, let's get straight to the discussion of today. Now, Jakpa Syndrome, Jakpa Syndrome, as a travel blogger, how would you explain that? Okay, thank you very much for having me once again. Um, yeah, Jabba syndrome, the Jabba and the, and what have you. Actually, I myself have been hearing about it too. Just like you know, you said, but today was the day I learned it. The meaning, the actual meaning in Yoruba, like you explained wow. earlier. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, myself, my own understanding. Of Jabba has always been just like to go find greener pastures abroad, you know, mm-hmm. going to other countries or other economies to find something better for yourself and for your family and for your loved ones. Yeah. You know, that has been my personal understanding. But yeah, I started traveling uh, for fun, uh, yeah, just to for, for fun or to learn in 2014. So I still remember then, I, I remember one experience I had in 2015, mm-hmm. as I was going by road from, um, I was going by road from uh, Lome in Togo mm-hmm. to Bamako in Mali, mm-hmm. yes. So on that trip, I know there was, there were three girls from, different parts of Nigeria, including my tribe, Amibo, so, you know, and then two other tribes, yeah, so, and then, these girls were like, we are traveling to Mali to go and work, hmm. and then, what type of work are you guys, are you guys okay. trying to go and do, and they were like, we are not sure, but the guy taking us, he's taking us there, he said he has promised us work and so on and so forth, hmm. you know, so, when I arrived uh, Bamako, hmm. it was on a, it was a, at a church I went to that the pastor was now saying that uh, some of the people go to Nigeria to recruit people to bring there for you know um, to sell themselves to be, to be able to make money and those guys will keep these ladies and use them to make money and so on and so forth. You know, so that was. The first time I started having this type of negative attitude towards um, traveling abroad to do something when you are not too sure of what you are going for. Okay. That was as far back as 2015. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so um, now coming down to uh, more more recent times, you know, when you talk about Jabba or people trying to go to find greener pastures and so on and so forth, you know, um, I've... I, and honestly, it's a very good thing, you know. But for me, one question I will always ask myself is, is it legal? 
And then what value will I be bringing wherever I go to? You know, so yes. these two things have always been the, 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 the question I ask myself whenever I, I, I see there's an opportunity to, for me to travel or to go do something elsewhere. You know, so um, talking from my personal experience, yeah. you know, Jabba is a good thing, you know, but the, the most important question that will be at the back of the mind of whoever that wants to get involved in it is, what will I be going there to do? To do. Is my skill set, the skill set I have currently, currently, will it be able to get me gainfully employed to do something that I will, I will use to earn a good living? Hmm. Or am I? Or will I just go to do whatever thing I want, I can do to survive? You know. So if you can answer this question and you are satisfied with it, then it's it's a, it's something I would encourage you to do. Okay. You know, if you answer it satisfactorily, hmm. yeah. So. All right. I thank you very much, Ifeatu. Now, um, let's look at our, you know, economy. What do you think are the main drivers for you who have traveled, you know? all around now you have experienced different economies and then you look yeah. back at nigeria your home country and you know you see what is happening concerning young ones or even the elderly who just want to pick up their families and just leave the country what do you think are the main drivers of this jackpa syndrome that we are experiencing in nigeria okay well um let me say that uh you know, part of the problems we we have back home in Nigeria is, uh, you know, um, the government. You know, of course, I'm not putting all the blame on them hmm. because every country have their own problems. Okay, but um, bringing it down to myself and to my friends, you know, because I always use myself as a, as an example. Yeah, I would say it's peer pressure. Understand? So you look on the right, you see that Mr. A has left. Is that the, even the one that said he was your best friend, he wouldn't tell you anything until the day he was about to leave. You know, and then the next thing you know, he tells you he's in Canada or he's in Sweden or he's in Spain and you don't even care what he's doing. You know, that type of thing. Uh, so I, I, will, I will point out peer pressure, you know, the government and then the, the, the dwindling economy. Hmm. Understand? Uh, so, but, you know, having pointed out some of these things, Every country has their own problem. I, I used to tell people before this year, you know, before this set of recession came mm. this time, that at least I've been to like 45 countries. I've been to like 32 here in Africa and then uh, other places in the world, you know. So I still tell people that Nigeria, up till like maybe last last year, should be one of the cheapest places someone can live. In the world, hmm. with the high cost of food we have right now, <laughs> <laughs> you with the high cost of, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the gospel truth. You know, hmm. at least you can find, you can find, you can if you have like three hundred or four hundred naira, you can find something and eat. Hmm, you understand? But no. it may not be that easy. It may not be that easy elsewhere. You know. So, but but having said that, actually, I believe, I believe one of the Greatest challenge we have is all the type of pressure from we see people traveling, we see others going out, and then we feel that if we if we don't go, then 
uh, you know, we are missing something. Actually, I, I it, it got on me, and I traveled. Even though I'm back now to Nigeria, but mm. um, uh, it's 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 one of those things anyway. Yeah. One of those things. Mm. So um, let's hopefully the government, if if assuming the the economy is good, mm. and then you know we can we have people here earning as well as or something close to what we earn, earn outside the country. I'm not sure anybody will want to leave. Okay. So that's my own submission on that. Thank you. All right. Mm. Thank you, too, if you had to, for that submission. All right. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7. This is 19 minutes past 12. Do want to call in. Let's have your thoughts on the Jackman Syndrome and how this is impacting, uh, you know, uh, Nigeria, you know, migration out of Nigeria, uh, on Nigerians especially. All right, so um, I do want to call us upon 07000 917 or send a text or WhatsApp message to 70 All right, um, if you had to know, um, what are some of the stark realities, you know, that is out there that some Nigerians only get to know when they, when they go there? Because... Um, We've seen reports now just, I think, day before yesterday or so, uh, there's been this trending report that um, a lot of Nigerians, you know, go there through some agents who promise them jobs, who promise them one thing or the other. And then when they get there, they're stranded because these jobs that have been promised are not actually there. All right. So um, when they get there and all of these things that have been promised to them or of which they've actually paid for, they don't get it. Now they turn destitutes they turn people who sleep on the streets they turn you know to how they were not even living here they turn worse than what they were here you know in another man's country so um what what what's your overall thoughts on 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 this trend that is actually happening okay thank you for the question honestly i personally witnessed uh, witnessed some of these things firsthand hmm. so I, I mean, um, now, let me also point out that I've seen some Nigerians doing very, very, very well abroad. Yeah. You know, I've seen some very, very, you know, some very skilled Nigerians who are make, who are doing very, very, very well abroad. But I've also seen some, uh, not my first time in the U.S. was in 2015. Yeah. Now, then... What really actually dis- what discouraged me from even wanting to go back there again at that time was because of the state of some of my Nigerian friends or some people that are close to me that I saw there. You know, and I was like, is it the same thing I'll come to go through? You know, but thank God that before I left, I, I stayed for like maybe uh, like seven days, but two days before I left, I saw the one that we are doing very, very well. But the ones I stayed with for the, for the first five days, you're like, just better take it easy and come here when you can legally come here to live or to work. Okay, so that's one. So this other idea of um, of uh, you know people going the going coming abroad and getting distressed or, or you know being promised heaven and earth and then you come there and you don't meet it. I've seen it. I've seen it in Cote d'Ivoire. I've seen it in Botswana. I've seen it in even in Canada. Wow. Yes. I, I got back from Canada on Sunday, hmm. okay, and you know even as even okay like some of the cost of living, the cost of of renting yeah. in Canada is 
something, it's it's out of the roots. You know, and before when I first got there, what I was paying a little space here I was paying was almost four, was more um, more than four hundred dollars. You know, and you know, I was actually getting from a job I was doing here in Nigeria. You know, but that one is I don't want to go into the into the details of of, of it, but the thing there is that most people don't have a place to stay. And then the Canadian government have what have what they call homeless shelters. Hmm. So if, if you go to the one in Toronto, it is full. Nigerians, Nigerians are there. And the good thing is, the bad thing is that there's no even space. People are sitting outside. Hmm. You understand? So so this is, this is one out of many. Then secondly, is jobs. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, I myself, people will promise you that you come in, you have this job, you have that other job. It's, it's true. Sometimes, yes, if it's a good agent and know what he's doing, hmm. they can get you a job. But so many, so in most cases, there are no jobs. But I know those, when I was getting ready to leave uh, February this year, earlier this year, I was, we were telling me, you, if you come to Canada, you get this job, you you you, you transform your visa to this. <laughs> Please be very be warned. Some of those things, uh, it, it, it will sound very very good initially, but when you get there, you know. I'm not trying to discourage anyone. If you have yeah. people that are, if you have families, hmm. maybe a loved one or something that is ready to house you and ready to help you till you get a job, then that's fine. But if you don't, if you are just like, you know, someone that maybe a friend or maybe a friend's friend hmm. is going to house you, please run. <laughs> okay. And then the other one again is, um, you know, there are some of the, of the times when maybe people won't just give you details, the exact details of what you are going to do. Yeah. Just like the example of what I gave uh, with my friends, with some people I met in the bus in uh, I was they were going to Mali that year in 2015. So you may get there and then you'll be faced with the hard reality that what you are asked to do is not what you had in mind or what you even dreamt of ever doing it with your life, you understand? So these are the reasons why we have to ask. We don't, we don't outsource the whole thing to the agent, no. Be even if you, it's good to go. So be part of making the research and finding out. And thank God for Facebook forums. Thank God for we have forums where you can ask people. You know, you can WhatsApp groups of people living in some of these places where yeah. you can join before you travel, and then you can ask questions. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that is just my information on that. All right, thank, thank you, you so much, um, Ifiatu, for that. Now, this is uh, Ifiatu Shogbo, a travel blogger and an IT expert. All right, and we are talking on Jackpot Syndrome, the impacts of illegal travels on Nigerians. All right, this is Women Radio WFM 91.7, and this is 25 minutes past 12. This is the program, The Big Question, where we discuss and profess solutions to issues affecting us as a nation. My name is Rose Yusuf Kayser. All right. Um, if you had to know, what do you think of those who get to sell their properties, get loans, you know, and just to get out there? And at the end of the day, you know, they get to regret some of the decisions they make. Now, like you said, if maybe they get a very good agent or, you know, they liaise with a good agency, they're able to make it. But for some who are not that lucky, and unfortunately, we have the majority who end up not being, you know, lucky to have good agents. Now, um, 
share with us some of the lies that you think some agencies get to sell to desperate Nigerians who are willing to do anything at all just to get themselves to the other side. Okay, thank you. You know, um, <laughs> there are some people, Facebook pages. You see some of them that will be dancing and then they'll be telling you, uh, come to Canada, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that. Hmm. They, they will all be doing, they'll just be dancing and giving you one of those ads. <laughs> yeah, you can contact them, they can speak with you. I mean, if you just pay them for their consultancy, that is fine. You know, but giving them your money <laughs> to handle things for you, especially when you don't know them personally or you've not had any relationship with them, that's a red, that's a red flag. Uh, yeah, if you get there and... In fact, sometimes when you call them, they won't even answer you by the time you arrive. But that one is just by the way. I just thought I should just say this. Yeah. So now, regarding the question uh, about, uh, you know, the you asked about the impact that it that this all this uh, move uh, all this Jabba has on Nigerians, right? I mean, if I got the question correctly, uh, yeah, just go ahead. so now if you go to sell everything to get, I mean, for me, my personal advice is before you, my personal advice is before you leave the shores of Nigeria to anywhere, at least make sure you have a job or you have any, any, an employer that has said, okay, uh, if, you're, if you come over here, I am going to employ you. They might have offered you, they made an offer to you. Okay. And before you start making all the moves to now sell, what, now sell anything or to, or to mortgage your, or to you know, let go of whatever you have here. But if you don't have that, please don't sell anything. Don't, don't, don't insult you to your boy, your boss, and leave. Don't, you know. I, I tell people I'm very, very fortunate. Maybe because God was, God is so kind to me. Hmm. You know, uh, when I wanted to leave, I didn't even talk to him. I just, I just sent my boss a message that I see. I, I mean, maybe he got the feeling that uh, this one you want to see me. What he said, if I, I want to work remotely, hmm. that he will approve it. Wow. So that is how I'm still working for the company up till today. Hmm. Yeah, even though I was in Canada for like six, seven months. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, before you let go of your houses, of your of your houses, of your properties, or of your lands, or things you have worked hard for, here, make sure you have something there waiting for you. Hmm. And then if somebody is even telling you that, oh no, 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 there's a job. Once you come now, that there's a filling station, or you know. People will tell you so many things. Sorry, I'm I'm close to the airport uh, where, where I am now. So people will, people will give you hopes. Hmm. If you don't have anything to show, if you don't have any document, that uh, sometimes you may even get a fake one here. Yeah, but just have a document, have a, an employer that is giving you an offer. But for you to go and just sell everything yeah. because you want to move, please, please, please do not. Because so many people end up selling everything, getting there. Some are fortunate, actually. Some are very fortunate. But if from the ones I've seen, the ones I've seen and the ones I've, the ones I've, known, mm. I've known, they are mostly unfortunate. And when they get there, of course, at some point, some of them I know will eventually make it. You know, they will eventually rise up. You know, they will eventually become better. Yeah. They eventually make it eventually. But 
You know, that suffering is not worth it. Huh. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. So my own, my, my own stance on it is, please do not, do not say anything except you have, you have something that very, very people all right. Thank you so much, um, Ifeatu, for that. Now, as we wrap up the program, what do you think is a solution to this Jaffa syndrome? What do you think the government can do to actually, you know, bring down this Jaffa syndrome? Because whether we like it or not, it has its own impact on the Nigerian economy. You know, um, there's brain drain going on in so many organizations. Uh, you know, there is a lot of, you know, workforce who are leaving the country. And then that, in turn, has its own uh, toll on our economy. You know, and a lot of that, there are so many people who are going into crimes right now just because they want to get themselves out there. So um, what do you think the government can do? Or rather, what do you think is the solution to this? Looking at it from the government level and even we as individuals, what can we do? Because it's not like we can stop people totally from going there. We can only say this is the bad, this is the good. So you make the decision for yourself. But in order to bring down the number of those who want to do this for the wrong reasons or they're not sure of what's happening the other side and they just want to get there what's your advice you know from the government levels and we even as you know humans here as a listener to this program all right um if you're to i think we need to reconnect with you okay can you hear me I can hear you very well, yes, I can hear you very well. Yes. Go ahead, go ahead then. Okay, so my approach to answering this question would be like, uh, the way forward, I mean, everybody, I believe the government has a lot to do, they have a lot in their hands to do, to make sure we, you know, that the country is prosperous, that we are more secure, that safe, and so on and so forth. And uh, I want to believe they are doing their best, but... My advice would be to everybody, every Nigerian or everyone that intends to leave wherever he is to another place. Now, one thing I know, for instance, one thing I know for sure is that Chinese are coming to Nigeria, Lebanese are coming to Nigeria sure. while we are leaving. You understand? So, yeah. migration is something that is bound to happen. It can be, it can be going on in different ways, you know. But yeah. my own is. Wherever you are, if you are in Nigeria, if you are in Canada, if you found yourself, anyway, one question you will be asking yourself every day is how can I be a person of value? You know, how can I bring value? How can I change things? How can I make use of what I already have to make an impact or to make a difference? Hmm. Okay, so once you ask yourself that question and you okay, I have to learn this, I have to do this, I have to, and you start doing it, and you are committed to doing it. <laughs> Opportunities will come for you. Hmm. Okay, that's one. Number two is, you see this type of, uh, uh, because Mr. A has moved, Mr. B has moved, yeah. and Mr. C has moved, and Mr. C is building a house after traveling three months ago. Mr. D is doing this after, <laughs> please, forget it. Some people building those, some of them, if you learn what some of them are doing abroad, if you see the type of frauds they are committing abroad, I met so many of them in Canada. Hmm. They are into fraud. So 
don't just try to equate yourself that uh, this person, if I, should, uh, if I go there and work for two hours and earn the, the, uh, $50 per hour, <laughs> everything will be fine. It doesn't work that way. So the second thing I would advise you is don't be moved by that pressure from people you see around you. They won't tell you. Some of them may not tell you the truth. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so, and then the other one, again, is uh, our government. What, that, what can our government do? Hmm. Anyway, we are trying their best, you know. <laughs> they earn part salaries and then people are not earning as, as, as good enough. So, you know, and even if you, with the, with the evaluation of, of the, now that's not happening presently, even if you earn a million. Yeah. Uh, by the time you look at it from the international standpoint, you are earning, you are not even earning up to like $1,100 or $1,200. Hmm. Understand? So it's, it's, you still have that feeling that uh, I, I can make something better elsewhere, but I believe the government can still provide more jobs for people. Let people have something to do. Hmm. And let there be rewards for hard work. You know, if people work hard, if people are really working hard, let them be rewarded. You know, students that are doing very well, let them be rewarded with opportunities to stay back and to do things, you understand? Of course, those that will live with that, we will live. Some will still come, yeah. you know? Uh, but I believe that if all these things are in place, I mean, we should have a better society, you know? The government should create policies that, even all these Chinese that are coming to Nigeria, mm. uh, from other places, to, to, to do stuff here in Nigeria, they must include... They must have a particular percentage that are local people who are there to work with them, you know, to learn what they are doing and to even find other places where they can do some things in Nigeria. So I believe things will be nice. You know, I have my own personal story, hmm. uh, which maybe I may not share now. And I'm not sure if there's time for that, but <laughs> the truth remains that <laughs> if we develop ourselves, we will have... Mm. Everything. If you are, if you develop yourself in personally, yeah, you have access to anything you want in this life. So, okay. so that's just what I have to say. All Thank right. you. Thank you so much, Ifeoti, for being a part of our program today. We really do appreciate your inputs on, you know, our topic of discourse. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Bye. Have a great day ahead. Okay. Dear, bye. All right, so you have heard it from someone who travels a lot and has experienced different economies, both in Africa and beyond. So it's left for us right now to actually sit down and think about it. And this is a call on government at all levels to urgently swing into action to ensure a thriving and safe environment for its populace. A very big thank you to our guests for today. If you are to Shigo, a travel blogger and an IT expert for being a part of the program, The Big Question. The Big Question will come to you again on Monday at 12.05 p.m. A very big thank you to the producer of the program, Chinyari Timothy Crown, and the executive producer, Tom Okewale Shonaya. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser. Do stay tuned to Women Radio, WFM 91.7. Good afternoon. WFM 91.7.